0: Freedom and the Spirit Ministries podcast. I'm so excited about the subject that I'm going to bring to you today. Uh, If you don't remember the previous podcast that we did, which was season one, uh, episode four, that was actually signs. This week we're going to be bringing episode five and it's wonders. So I want to go ahead and go into this. Um, I believe that God has called this message. For us to understand his signs and wonders, he is openly displaying, both for his children and those who refuse to believe in him. Uh, once again, we're going to be going into Revelations 12. We've been kind of going into Revelations and going into some prophecy. And uh, I want to go ahead and go back into uh, the last time that we discussed. We discussed the sign of the solar eclipse. And uh, I said that I believe that this is a sign for unbelievers and for believers uh, for God to tell his His people to get ready, because this is a sign that his return is near. Uh, for unbelievers, it's a sign for repentance. Uh, but today we want to talk about another sign that happened, uh, that we had... Uh, happen on September 9th, 2017, through September 23rd, 2017. And September 23rd was actually the highlight. If anybody doesn't remember, this was actually the Virgo sign uh, in Revelations 12. It starts talking about a woman, woman given birth, and things like that. So we're going to go into that. Uh, first off, I want us to understand that uh, the United States and Israel, we are spiritually connected. Uh, we bless Israel, and Israel blesses us. Uh, Whatever curse that Israel has, America has. Whatever truth Israel has, America has. And whatever blessing Israel has, America has. Um, Am I saying that America is Israel and gets everything that Israel has been promised? No, I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is that I believe God's promise of whoever blesses Israel will be blessed, and whoever curses Israel will be cursed. Genesis twelve three says "I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you uh I also believe that us we as Christians were the children of Abraham individually we do have what God has promised us as children of God. not too long ago uh I was in some quiet time, and uh matter of fact, it was uh you know, I believe the quit segment of that he promised me that people will see signs, they will see wonders, and then they will see miracles. Uh, When God told me this, I really didn't comprehend everything that he was saying, but I'm starting to find out now, and I'm starting to comprehend what God was actually speaking of on that day. Uh, Keep in mind that this message is a message that is not meant to scare or intimidate anybody, but give a clear meaning to what God is really telling his people. Uh, there's too many churches out there that are preaching of so much good, um, and that's not a bad thing. I mean, churches preaching good, definitely not a bad thing, but they're not wanting to speak the truth of the unfortunate circumstances that we may have to face here in the very near future. Uh, one thing we need to understand that if, if you know, there's something, uh, if something is looking good out of God's will, then it is not good at all. Let me rephrase that. If there is something looking good out of God's will, then it is not good. What we are about to dig into in this message is going to be pretty deep, and it may be really mind-blowing, of God's power and faithfulness to some people that listen to this podcast. So um, I hope you're ready for this, Uh, the subject wonders and uh, the signs, the wonders, the miracles that God is actually showing And I'm really honored to bring this message to you because I believe it's also no coincidence that I've been called to bring this to you, um, you know, after it happened. And and God has really laid this on my heart for uh, the the awesome signs and wonders that he has been showing. And it's coming from Almighty God. Uh, Y'all have to understand that God is doing this for us, and it's so amazing of what he's doing. So... Let's dig in. You know, Revelation 12 is a full prophecy, and it has, it has a twist of the past involved, I believe. The wonders in the heavens that are happening, uh, that did happen on September 23rd. Uh, it's a reminder of a warning to God's people to be prepared. So hopefully some of this stuff will, will really help you. And I hope that um, it really sheds some light on some stuff. So, uh, Revelation 12. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she began with child, cried, traveling in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars in heaven and did cast them to earth. And the dragon stood there before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule nations and a rod and iron, and her child was caught up into God and into his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she hath a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand, two hundred, and threescore days. Explain the signs of the heaven. You know, uh, to explain these signs of the heavens, first off, we've got to look at really what's going on. Virgo is actually the virgin constellation. Virgo is virgin. Um and we we could sit there and take a lot of things out of that, but Jupiter uh, has been sitting, was actually sitting in between the legs of Virgo for nine months, literally nine months, the same cycle of a human body delivering a baby on a normal basis. Uh, and after nine months, it gave birth to Jupiter. Jupiter came out the way uh, between the legs, and uh, it was as though as there was a birth in the heavens with 12 stars above her head, the moon was sitting. Um, you, you know, so the sun, she was clothed with the sun, and the moon was under her feet. So all the descriptions of a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, a moon under her feet, and upon her head 12 stars, that actually happened on September 23rd. It actually happened. And John, when when John was... was Given this revelation from Jesus Christ, when John was getting these revelations, Jesus had already been born. Jesus had already been crucified. Jesus had already returned to uh heaven at the right hand of the Father. So John's now getting this vision, right? And uh I believe that September twenty-third is a sign, it is a sign from God, and there's some things that I believe, and um and there's some things that are they're biblical, so Obviously, we look at uh, the virgin, the woman, uh, that represents Israel or God's people, the true church. It could represent Mary and the birth of Jesus as well, but normally it's the woman in Israel, God's people, the true church. This woman represents Israel, God's chosen people, his children. Israel had the promise to Savior. They waited expectantly for the promise to be fulfilled when Mary gave birth to Jesus in Bethlehem, the city of David. That promise, promise and prophecy was delivered. The son that the woman Israel gave birth to is Jesus. So Israel gave birth to Christ. And we know the great red dragon is actually Satan. Satan is clearly having his part to attempt to destroy what God has ordained. Starting with King Herod, in in Jesus' day when he was born, King Herod, if you don't remember, King Herod tried to kill Jesus by killing all the, all the born children, all the males. He tried to kill Jesus, and it didn't work. So what happened is, is, it started, the the great red dragon, which is Satan, started with King Herod to Jesus entering the wilderness, being tempted by Satan himself. So Satan was already ready to to pounce, as you would say, on Jesus in his day and age. The third part of the stars is his angels, Satan's angels. And the child... Obviously represents Jesus as being described several times in Scripture as the one who will rule the nations. He is also associated with an iron scepter, a rod, which represents sovereign rule. So if you're wondering why God is really giving wonders in the heavens this week, I believe that there is an answer on this. Keep in mind that this is prophecy, and John is getting this after Jesus has already been born. So this, this has to mean something else. The wonders in the heavens, and here's, here's what I believe the answer is. Everybody has their, their forms of answer, but um, I want to give you what, what is on my heart about this. So, the wonders in the heavens is a sign from God as a reminder to the birth of our Savior, the Messiah, which one day would save the world from their sins. Jesus, obviously, is not to be born again. He's to come back again. Since Jesus is not going to be born again, God is showing the signs and wonders for us to remember of Jesus, the Messiah's birth. I believe that this sign was to to tell the Christian people, hey, I'm reminding you that my son has been born. The Messiah arrived, and the Messiah will come back again. So it's no coincidence that God uses Virgo, which is a virgin, in the heavens to show the world this is from him. It coincides with the Virgin Mary who gave birth to Jesus. It's a sign that is happening possibly around Jesus was born. Keep in mind what I just said. A sign that this is happening possibly around the time that Jesus was born. If we think that Jesus was born in December, we're wrong. We're wrong. And I'll discuss that a little bit later on, but, um, you know, I'll go ahead and just discuss that right now they believe back when John the Baptist was born and notice and remember that in the in the word it says that John the Baptist was born 6 months before Jesus was and so they went back and they got history and and they believe that John the Baptist this is going to blow your mind i'm I'm just going to tell you it's going to blow your mind it blew my mind but John the Baptist was born in a time period around March possibly around March and Jesus was said to have been born in September. Now, keep in mind that in the Bible, it says Jesus was born six months after John the Baptist. So if John was born in March, then Jesus is born in September. Could it be possible that this sign in heaven of Jesus' birth is happening exactly on the day that Jesus was born? Can we think about that for a second? Because if and the thing is is that with the census and with all this with all the census happening, I don't think the census happened in uh the winter for when Jesus was in Bethlehem. I believe that Jesus was born and in the Bible it says born six months after John if John was born in March, then that would mean Jesus would be born in September, which would actually mean there's a possibility that these signs on September 23rd of last year has actually happened possibly on the day or around the time period that Jesus Christ was literally born with signs of a star above his stable. So think about that for a second. The sign of September 23rd Virgo, happening possibly at the same time period that Jesus was literally born here on this earth. That is astonishing to me. That's amazing to me. That's amazing. So let's go back to Revelation 12, 7. And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and not prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, rejoice ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down upon you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child and to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness into her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time around the face of the serpent from the face of the serpent and the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away with the flood and the earth helped the woman and the earth opened up her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which kept the commandments of God, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Israel, persecution. The woman is being persecuted. Attempted persecution to this woman. I believe the flood in this this, uh, passage of Scripture... The flood is armies pursuing the woman. Now, if you remember, the flood of armies is coming up against Israel and Jerusalem with being a capital. How many of y'all have done an interactive map and seen how many countries went against Israel? I believe it was like 154 to 9, something like that, against Israel, having Jerusalem as their capital. So armies are pursuing Israel. It's happening. I believe that this prophecy is being fulfilled right now, and God is telling us to be ready for what is to come. Many of you think that the rapture is going to happen before tribulation. Many of you think that the rapture is going to happen before anything bad happens on this earth. I'm going to tell you that I don't know, and you don't know, nobody knows when the rapture is going to happen. There's so much talk about rapture being post, mid, or pre-tribulation. But I've got to tell you, let's not worry about the aspects of when the rapture is going to happen. Let's worry about the aspects of bringing people to Christ through the gospel. You see, we sit here and, and worry more about you know, pre, mid, and post-tribulation and worried about telling people get right with God than we get worried about sending the gospel of Jesus Christ out. You see, the one thing that i got to let you understand is, is that pastors, their job is to teach the flock the whole Word of God. Pastors that have a church, and they have their flock, and they have their congregation, this is something that you've got to understand, and this is the reason why I preach this today. Because pastors' job is to teach and disciple the people, the congregation, to go out into the world to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Their job is to cover the whole basis of the Word of God, from Genesis to Revelation, including the Gospel of Christ, including rapture, including the second coming, including the beginning of time, the whole Bible. The job that Christians have on the street is to preach the Gospel, and the Gospel only. Now, if somebody asks you questions, I'm not saying not to answer those questions, but what I'm saying is, is when you go out and you preach rapture, you preach in fear. And God is not about fear. He's about love. When you sit there and you preach the gospel of Christ and the love that he has for them, it catches people in a way that nothing else catches them. So if you're going out there preaching the whole Bible instead of just preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, I suggest you probably want to sit back and take a moment and wonder why people's not really listening to you too well. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ is the one thing that nobody can compromise. And one thing nobody can change because science is sitting here saying that it happened. Jesus died. Nobody has a problem with saying that Jesus died. Nobody has an issue with that. They have a problem with saying Jesus rose again. Let me cue you in on some science. They say they found the nails that maybe had Jesus hung on the cross. They say that that he died. He was an actual man. He died. There is history of this man called Jesus being crucified. What they're concerned about and what they're looking at is the Shroud of Turin right now. And they have this question of how did this face and this man end up being in the Shroud of Turin? How did this image end up being showed in the Shroud of Turin? They're, they're confused. They're baffled. But one person said, you know what? He said, the only way that you can have a body show up in a shroud as this is as some supernatural or some high-intensity light shown and his image can be processed through the shroud. That right there is undeniable proof that something happened in that grave. This shroud of Turin is only one man. There's only one man that has ever rose from the dead and that's Jesus Christ. And yet people are looking at this light and that's proof that Jesus rose from the dead. He died. He went down to hell got the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and three days later, he rose from the dead. So, it's amazing to think on the Shroud of Turin and the evidence of of proving that Jesus actually did exist, proving that Jesus did get crucified on a cross, and then proving, by the Shroud of Turin, of a resurrection. So many examples out there. So many things going on out in the science world to confirm that God's word is completely true. So many prophecies that people have questions about or so many events that people had questions about. Now they see that it came true. Noah's Ark is being found. You've got a whole bunch of thousands of chariots in the Red Sea. They think they found the place where they crossed. The Israelites crossed the Red Sea. I mean, and just recently i seen an article that they may have found Goliath. His skull in Golgotha. See, there was a prophecy that states in Genesis that Jesus, the the sons, when it came to the curse of the woman or the serpent, it said that the heel will be crushed upon his skull. And when Jesus died, if not many of us know, but if you do research on Goliath, his skull was buried in Golgotha. So. There's so much stuff happening right now that we need to pay attention to um, that proves of Christ's existence, not only his existence, but his death, his burial, and his resurrection. There's so much proof there. But here's the key. We have to go out and preach the gospel of Christ. We don't need to go out and preach rapture. That's the preacher's job. That's the pastor's job. And technically, all we're to do is spread the gospel of Christ because that's what Christ commanded. But the people who have been called by God that are sitting up behind pulpits are the ones that need to spread this message. I, th- I'm very serious about this. Because when you got people going out preaching rapture and preaching fear, they're not of God. The Bible says if you don't show love, then you're not of God. It says it in 1 John. It also says perfect love overcomes fear. If you're preaching fear to the world, you're not preaching the love of Jesus Christ and what he did for you. If you're getting offended through this message, so be it. Because I'm going to tell you, if you're going out preaching rapture, you're scaring people, you're wrong. It's not of God. What is of God is those preachers to be preaching in the pulpit, that stuff. It doesn't matter when the rapture happens. As long as your heart is right with God, pre, mid, or post, it doesn't matter. But I'm going to tell you right now, don't be surprised if we do go through it, the tribulation. Don't be surprised because in God's word, Jesus' words say, they will put your hands upon all of you. But I'm not going to discredit, because Jesus also said, pray that you escape such things. So listen, we need to start worrying about rapture, people. We need to start worrying about God. We need to start worrying about His Son. And we need to start worrying about death, burial, and resurrection, and taking it out to people for the gospel of Jesus Christ, for the hope and the love that they need. If you're out there preaching rapture, I'm asking you to stop going out and preaching rapture. Start going out to preach love. You heard what I just said. I'm just asking for you to go preach the Gospel to Jesus Christ to stop preaching the rapture. I believe that God is warning us right now, and like I said, this is not a scare tactic don't, don't please do not be afraid of what I'm about to say because God wants his people to know that things are coming and I believe God is warning us of the Antichrist coming to power and the persecution in the horizon. Now, if he allows us to escape, oh, thank you, Lord, for allowing us to do that. But I've heard people saying God will never allow us to go through that. I've heard people say that God God is not going to allow us to go through that. He's going to take us before that. The rapture is going to happen before this. You know what? When Christ said, you don't know the day or the hour, I believe that Christ knew that people would start talking about the day and the hour. They were going to start talking about Christ is going to come before tribulation. Christ is going to come in the middle of tribulation or after tribulation. We don't know when he's going to come and we don't know the escape that's going to be going to be there if there is any. But I believe God has given us a sign. To be extremely ready to be ready to go. You know, I keep saying when when people pass away and, you know, they're Christians, I keep telling people, you know, they packed their bags and they went home. My wife came to me and she says, well, you can't pack your bags. You can't take your bags there. I said, you know what? You got your heart and your soul. There's your bags right there. I believe God is telling us to be ready to go home. What's the answer to getting through times, tough times and adversity in these last days? Let me tell you, we are in the last days. If you don't believe that we're in the last days, I urge you to reconsider that. And. I will give you some examples of the last days. We have so many things running rapid in, in our world today. People are eating, drinking, marrying, giving into marriage. They are, and you, you're you sitting here saying, yeah, but that's life, Jared. That's, that's life. They're eating, they're drinking, they're giving into marriage. People in our day and age are eating the wickedness, drinking in fornication. They're drinking in the sin that runs rampant into the world. They're marrying and giving in marriage to the things of this world. I'm not talking about a marriage as a man and wife. But you know, I firmly believe that the days of Noah are upon us. Matter of fact, you could take a look at the days of Sodom and Gomorrah and the days of sin. If you look at Romans 1.18-32, it speaks of God's wrath upon the world. I'm not going to go into that sermon because there's another sermon that I will get into about that. But the days of Noah kind of coexist with the days of Abraham and Lot, Sodom and Gomorrah. People want to throw the accusation that Sodom and Gomorrah was not destroyed because of their homosexuality. I'm here to tell you that when those men approached Lot and said, give me those two men that came in there who were actually angels, because they wanted to have sex with them, I'm pretty sure it was the last straw of what God was about to say, because God made a promise to Abraham that if he found ten righteous in there, he would spare the city. But when those two men showed up, The two angels showed up. Immediately, the men in that city went after them and wanted them. Lot even said, I give you my virgin daughters to give to you. Do whatever you want with them. But these men are not to be touched. And they still tried to break into the door. Finally, the angels said, leave right now. We're destroying this city. It's going to be destroyed right now. You need to leave and don't look back. We have a choice to look back at sin. Or we have a choice to keep going from it. Matthew twenty four thirty seven through 39 says, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in those days were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving a marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark. And knew not until the flood came that took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. The last days are also the days of Sodom and Gomorrah where homosexuality is running rampant in our world. Where it's not just homosexuality. Don't get me wrong. Ladies and gentlemen, when I say this, I want you to understand this. I'm not talking about homosexuals. And I'm not talking about the people that are doing sin. I'm talking about the sin that is instilled in people. There's a difference. Jesus loves... The homosexuals. Jesus loves the lesbians, the bisexuals. Jesus loves the drinkers who get so drunk all the time. Jesus loves the people that create sexual immorality 24-7. Jesus loves the people that actually sit there and encourage others to sin and wickedness and go against God's laws. Jesus loves those people. God loves those people. But I'm going to tell you something. Love is so much different than acceptance. God doesn't accept the sin of the people that's doing it, and that's what the problem is. Listen, as harsh as it sounds, if you're sinning, you're not going to heaven. If you're intentionally sinning and you're intentionally doing what it is you ain't supposed to be doing, intentionally disobeying God, you're not going to heaven. Plain and simple. You sit there and say, God loves everybody. He would never do that to anybody. Let me tell you something. God does love everybody. Matter of fact, He loves you enough to give you a choice to make that decision to go to heaven. That's why He hasn't come back yet. I also I always pull 2 Peter 3 9 out there. For God is patient. God is patient for all of mankind to repent to him because he doesn't want anybody to be destroyed. So you gotta ask yourself this question. Am I really sinning? Am I am I living my life right? Because the days are coming like a trap, like a snare. Jesus says those days will come like a snare. I will come like a thief in the night. That's what he says. And before people start scoffing at this, the Bible says that people will scoff and say, you've been saying this for decades, you've been saying this forever, that your Jesus would come. He has never come and he never will. Folks, I'm here to tell you that every prophecy in the Bible pretty much has been fulfilled, has coming fulfilled. Jesus Christ can return any moment. The time is right for him to come back. time is right. And these wonders that God has given us is prime, the prime sign that God is ready to do something huge. It's no mistake we had a solar eclipse and then all of a sudden we have this. No mistake. What, about 40 days later? (laughs) I'm telling you, we're in the last days and we're in the days of Noah just as the days of Noah shall be, the coming of the Son of Man. But the question is, is how do we overcome? Sometimes I get caught on a rabbit trail, but I'm going to go back to this because I ask the question, how do we overcome? Whatever happens in life, if we end up in a situation where we get taken up and we get brought in front of the governing authorities or Persecution is going to happen. The mark of the beast happens. We don't take it. We're going to die if we're around. That sort of thing. Or even if people are accusing us on the street. I'm going to tell you exactly how we're going to overcome this, folks. Verse number 11. Remember we're in Revelations 12, 11. And they overcame him, which is Satan, by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto the death." It's saying that us as Christians are not being selfish, but we overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of our testimony, regardless if we're going to die, or regardless if we're going to live. Our testimony, the power of the blood of the Lamb, the power of our testimony of what God has done for us, is going to keep us to overcome the Satan and his adversaries. So I encourage you keep living in faith. God's signs are here, but you know what? I'm at, I want to encourage you this. This is really what I want to point at. is It doesn't matter when God is Jesus is coming back. What matters is, is that we go out into that world and we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can't be selfish keeping Jesus to ourselves. We've got to take him out with us. And if we can do that... Ladies and gentlemen, we can change the world. I'm glad to thank you for being at this podcast. I hope it really ministered to you, and I hope it answers some questions. If you have any more questions, like I said, you can email us at info, or info at freedom of the spirit uh, You can get a hold of us on our website, Freedom of the spirit org, um, and you can get a hold of us that way. If you have any questions, we'd be more than happy to answer the questions that you have. But that's going to be it for today. Uh, this was the podcast of wonders, and I really, and I really hope you enjoyed that. And I encourage you: keep going with God, keep your faith, keep your head up. No matter what happens, no matter what happens in life, you may want to quit. Don't quit. It's time to keep going. It's time to keep moving, and it's time for Jesus to use you. Now, never forget that Jesus is real. Jesus is true. And Jesus is the real truth. God bless you.